What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Save Show podcast. This is your host, Justin. This is a weekly updated audio and visual journal where you get to see in real time as I struggle to become a better man, husband, father, and most importantly, you'll see as I try to walk closer to Christ each and every day, week after week. We have a special guest today. This is going to be a conversation with Adam from the Thin Line Believers page on Instagram. Go check him out. He's doing daily uh, scripture readings, so you'll get a post every day, Um, you know, a minute, minute and a half. He goes through some scripture, gives some some thoughts, Um, and I've felt that uh, it does me some good to see that as I scroll through Instagram. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to all the support. Uh, and supporters of the show. A lot of love on Instagram and Spotify lately. Um, The YouTube crowd is growing, which is also great to see. Not a whole lot of time spent focused on that community myself, so might be uh, something that I need to do more of. Uh, Rumble as well would be another area of focus, should I have the time. Uh, but just thank you for everything. Um, with that, the saved.store going to have some store changes here soon. So I'll post about that. But in a week from when this airs on Monday, so the 14th and 15th will be kind of the changeover period. We'll go from having the current selection to a new collection, summer collection. Got some fun new items that are going to be out there. Uh, and then those the previous lineup is going to be changed and altered. So I'll keep some, some favorites of mine and ones that I know that people like a lot, but get rid of most, kind of have a, a blank slate, if you will, before the new summer collection goes out there. I'm really excited about it. Um, I've used the design on Instagram. It's uh, uh, palm trees. It says God wins, kind of returning back to our, our roots. I've got my OG shirt here. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the summer collection. Be sure to check it out. Uh, Adam himself, the Thin Line Believers page, also has a store uh, supporting, you know, local law enforcement, uh, emergency responders, um, Thin Blue Line kind of kind of vibe from the, uh, from the fit over there. But uh, go check it out. I'm going to let us get into the conversation with Adam. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to The Save Show. Um, special guest today, Adam from Thin Line Believers on Instagram. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you, sir. Special guest. Yeah, I am special. <laughs> There's that humor that I that I appreciate so much. There's uh some guys out there that I speak to with um, you know, yourself or, or Mikey from Sing Your War Song. And it's it's just a it's a taste of the Marine Corps humor that I, I've gone without for a few years. <laughs> nice. Nice. But uh we're stealing you away from the family on a on a night off. I um I appreciate what you do for a living, sir. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into everything, but just want to kick things off and, and make sure that, you know, um, it's, it's not unappreciated. Uh, if you read the news too much, it might seem so, but, um, thank you for all you do. Hey, thanks. Well, I am in Oregon, so that's, uh, <laughs> you never know. You never know if it's <laughs> going to be appreciated or if it's like, just go away. Yeah. Yeah. I so. gotcha. Well, I think, why don't we start there? If you don't mind, Adam, uh, just tell everybody listening just a little bit about yourself and uh, I'd love to hear more about your testimony as, as we get into it. Sure. Um, I guess, uh, geez, I don't know how far back you want me to go. I'm a, um, obviously, you know, you've kind of followed a little bit of what's going on with, with what, what I do. Uh, I'm a state trooper out here in Oregon. Um, been that way for almost 15 years now. So I'm getting kind of old, but, uh, yeah, married, couple kids, 
And um, since this is a faith-based show, I, I guess I better talk about that portion. So um, I was raised in the church, but uh, I was raised in kind of a funny church, man. It was like one of these super evangelical type, you know, with some like people falling over and stuff like that. It was getting into speaking in tongues and everything. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Without an interpretation, you know, and um, I'm not against speaking in tongues by any means, but I do think that, you know, there's a, there's a way to go about it. Um, so I'm not against the spiritual gifts that, you know, Paul taught, taught about, but um, anyway, it was, it was just kind of weird. And so I, I, I did that and then I married a Catholic. So it okay. was like polar opposites. Right. And um, we've actually kind of met somewhere in the middle. My buddy, Michael, he calls it uh, uh, Bapticostal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not a Baptist. It's not Pentecostal, but it's somewhere in the middle. And um, ultimately I'm actually ordained through Calvary Chapel, which is kind of cool. Okay. So that's kind of right in the middle. Right. Yeah, it's, that's awesome. It's the guys that wear the jeans and teach the word. So, <laughs> Uh, but going back a little bit, you know, I was raised in that church and then, um, kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily walked away from the faith, but lived like the rest of the world lived, right? Like we probably all do for the most part. And so I, I would claim, yes, I have this Christianity and that's, what's going to save me one day. But, but as far as the relationship with Christ goes, that was non-existent. I just, I just wore the patch, you know? And so uh, I got hired with, uh, in law enforcement at 21 years old. And so I had to grow up real quick. And as a part of that, um, in, uh, 2014, actually, I just remember, you know, you get to a certain point in law enforcement and it's probably similar in the military is, you know, if you've, if you've seen combat, you get to a certain point where it's, you kind of get burned out and um, stuff stacks up and it really piles on it on you. And so at a certain point, at a point, I just kind of like, man, what am I doing? And I remember I was listening to John Corson and this was uh, nothing against John Corson, but I like the old John Corson stuff from <laughs> like early two thousands was pretty, pretty rock solid. And so I was listening to one of his old sermons and he gave this challenge. He said, uh, he said, I, I challenge any one of you, if you want to grow in your faith to pray for trials. And I thought, well, that's, that's pretty freaky, but, um, this is a stupid prayer, but I prayed it, you know, I prayed for trials and that was in, I guess the end of 13. So, um, really, I guess my actual faith walk started in 2014 because of that. Okay. And to begin to start it all off with January 3rd, I was on the coast. I was on SWAT at the time and we were, we were over there for some, some folks that did some violent, bad things. And, uh, they went mobile. They, they got in their car, they left the, the motel that we were, we were, um, gathering Intel on and they went mobile. And so they ended up in this parking lot, uh, that, shared some space with a community center and it was packed. And so I come around this corner and I see the guy that was in the car. He'd gotten out of the car and he, he needs his weapons drawn down on a, on a deputy. And so as I come around the corner, I just hammered down and I hit him with my car. And so right off the bat, 
straight into 2014, I start with a deadly force incident. So as a part of that, you know, they have this required, um, it's called Senate Bill 111 here in Oregon. They they uh, put you on administrative leave, everything gets investigated, it, and it depends on the DA as far as whether it's going to go to grand jury or, or whatnot. So I dealt with that. And then uh, I, I go back to work, and then uh, c- come April that same year, I uh, I was in the office with a buddy of mine, and I heard them tone out a, a crash. I heard dispatch send a crash to uh, a neighboring office, but I knew that we were closer. It was kind of one of those overlapping areas, and so mm-hmm. I went in route. We we call it code three, lights and siren. And uh, just so happened to be the first law enforcement on scene. And oddly enough, I lived out in the out in the sticks at the time. And this was just two miles, give or take from my house. And when I showed up, I recognized a gal that was walking toward me uh, because she was a medical examiner in a county that I worked in previously. And she, she came up to me and she said, Adam, it's it's um, this guy i won't mention the name and i said how okay and uh so i walked up to the car oh and she said and his brother was the driver and he and he he doesn't look good like he's he's died and i thought well his brother died years ago so i wasn't sure what she was talking about but anyway i made my way to the car and as i'm getting there there, there's my buddy he this is my fto my field training officer the guy who trained me to be a cop is on a, a gurney in there, putting him into the ambulance. And uh, they hand me his phone. The paramedics hand me his phone. And so I went to the vehicle, and it was a two-car head-on. Mm-hmm. And the driver was his son. So here my FTO is all beat up, and his son's in the driver's seat. He had been asleep, and his son had tried to make a pass, and it was not a safe pass to make. So... Uh, I followed him to the hospital and while on the way, his dad, so deceased granddad calls his phone that I have. And so I answered it and told him, Hey, you need to meet me at the hospital. Uh, he's been in a crash. And so he did, he, he met me at the hospital and that was oddly enough, six years into my career, this was my first death notification was to my buddy's parents. And so, um, anyway, dealt with all that and uh actually went to that funeral on my birthday oddly enough which was a great way to spend your birthday so yeah yeah and then uh let's see later in that year uh, a friend of mine who i actually had had gone to basic SWAT school with his wife ended up dying of brain cancer um i don't know if you've ever heard of a there's a nonprofit organization called everyday warrior it's a pretty cool deal um she had founded that and um and then not too long after that she died as a result of this cancer and so i think that was i want to say i want to say that was august maybe september and then uh november rolls around and um we find out my wife has cancer, but the way that came about, it was a total God thing before that my wife had. So my wife has an autoimmune disease. It's we've been dealing with it since she was 18 or 20. So, so does um, mine. We might have uh, some, some stories to swap. 
Yeah, there you go. So she gets a kidney stone. Never had a kidney stone before. And so it's obviously miserable, but as a part of the whole process, um, they took an ultrasound to figure out what they needed to do with this thing. Took care of it. Everything's hunky-dory. And then she gets another one. We're like, what is going on here? Well, they do some more imaging and then they find a growth. So, I mean, that was a godsend. Like if she didn't have two bouts of this, these random kidney stones, we would have never known until it had already spread. So anyway, that was 2014 and ultimately they removed her kidney and all as well. But um, anyway, so yeah, that was 2014 and it brought me from a place of, you know, identifying with Christianity and being raised in that and thinking I'm good to go to realizing I got to have a relationship mm-hmm. and being forced into a re- relationship essentially. And uh, I, I never really looked back. I mean, I, I, I don't think I have missed a day of getting into my Bible since. So um, anyway, it was, I guess like Joseph would say what, you know, the enemy intends for evil, God uses for good. So um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And then we ended up, we just keep moving east as the politics get crazier. So, right. Well, that I appreciate you going through all that. Um, and I, I'm almost, I'm not overwhelmed, but it sounds like 2014 was, was quite a year uh, for you and for your family. It's a good uh, year. It's a good year. Yeah. Good year. Sure. Some of the the hardest things we tend to look back uh, fondly might be too strong of a word, but um, I think you you seem like it was a, a total God thing that you asked in 2013, and then 2014 went the way that it did. So, oh yeah, yeah, it was character building, if nothing else. So, yeah, everyone needs a little bit of that for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. you keep moving east. When's uh, the next move? You guys coming to the Midwest soon? We can hang out more. Are you kidding me with these? Uh rising interest rates i think we're stuck here for a while so stuck there yeah yeah i think it's it's next month or it already started but the your better credit score gets you a, a higher interest rate on your mortgage and, and uh vice versa yep yeah welcome to communism it's gonna good be times. Great. good times yeah yeah i mean i i just finished a bible study in in romans and uh the early christian church wasn't necessarily you know, historically at the end of the Roman Empire, but you kind of see some parallels to um, what it's like to be a Christian, what it's like to live in a, a floundering, I think would be the, a, a description that I could use, a, a floundering republic, a, a falling empire. Um, so it's it's been cool to study Romans, and I'm reading, reading Acts right now. Um, just the parallels that you can find are kind of kind of wild. It's definitely a, a God thing that we can read about. The, the trials and tribulations of the early church and and kind of what we're going through now is maybe the American empire is on the way out. Oh yeah. I mean, you can read Romans one. It's like a punch in the gut and you can, it's almost like that they could change the name of Romans to Americans and <laughs> it would be pretty accurate. So, right. Yeah. It's freaky the way, I mean, what Solomon, nothing new under the sun, I guess. So yeah. yeah history always rhymes. Yeah. They, uh, that, that's a good idea. I think what you should do for a thin line believers, like a, a project is you could rewrite Romans and make it yeah, yeah. Americans. You can be the new Paul. Yeah. Watch me get fired real quick. That would be a good <laughs> one. 
<laughs> I actually didn't know that you were out in Oregon. Um, are you familiar with Greg Anderson and and all of his story? Why do I know that name? Uh, he posted a video, I want to say 2020. Uh, it might have been 2021, maybe 2019. Anyways, the, the height of COVID, he posted a video on Facebook. He was in uh, law enforcement up there uh, in Washington, and uh, he's, he lost his job, you know, and he, he's made something of himself since then. But um, uh, I'll, I'll share some of his stuff with you. It's not a not a faith-based, you know, mm-hmm. content creator by any means, but uh, maybe a similar story. You can level with him on the, the law enforcement side of life. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, it it has been some weird years for law enforcement. Um, part of the reason you know moving over here is because of all the the chaos that went down up in Portland in twenty and twenty one and twenty two, um, and it just seems to. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily want to get out of the state. I like it here; it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can I can drive 10 minutes and I'm in the woods. I mean, but at the, at the same time, it, the enemy seems to have a foothold in certain areas of the state. And unfortunately, a lot of those, a lot of those areas are what impact the rest of the state. You know, I mean, it's, it's no different than Seattle affecting the rest of Washington or, you know, um, <laughs> Austin affecting Texas, unfortunately, you know, so, uh, it's it's no different in Portland except that we seem to get more attention because Portland's motto is you know stay weird. So <laughs> I think I've heard uh, that before. Yeah, I don't know how Brett Metter. I don't know if you heard of him, Brett Metter out there at Athey Creek. He's a phenomenal pastor. I don't know how he does it because he's just on the outskirts of Portland. So, um, but I'll look him up. Was it? Now I don't remember where the Chaz zone was. That was Seattle. It was Seattle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good times, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Well, we um, can uh, we can move on from from all the moving talk. The Midwest is a great place if you want. I can leave my house and be in the middle of nowhere in about ten minutes as well. You have mountains? No, it's Iowa. Everything's flat. It's cornfields. Yeah, I can't. I got the mountains. <laughs> Anyway. some of the some of the stuff you put on instagram the views uh, are breathtaking so i get it i want to stay out there mm-hmm. yeah i mean give me a couple of weeks because it'll be bear season and we'll we'll get into we'll get into some good stuff i'll get some good video so okay you're gonna hunt the bear you're gonna go out there yeah yeah okay. unless i can catch one then i'll you know just ride it or something yeah. bear hug yeah 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 <laughs> you could be uh even more uh, of a man than Teddy Roosevelt. Instead of riding a, a moose, you've got your oh, bear. Yeah. You're riding into battle. Yeah, I mean, guy on a buffalo. I that's that's my that's my idol right there. Guy <laughs> on a buffalo. But um, I used to love that video. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, but it's awesome over here because uh, you can get out and and there is something different about getting out away from everybody else and. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says not to forsake the fellowship, but even Jesus had to get away. And I think it's necessary for any one of us. And, and man, if you have to go out in the cornfields, go for it. But I, I'd rather go up in the pine trees. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Most of my time, like if I go for a run, um, like today, it's, it's trails in the suburbs. So not a whole lot of 
not a whole lot of woods or cornfields even, but uh, I do try to get out. Like you said, it's good to be out and away from everybody. Nice. Um, uh, thank you for going through your testimony. I really appreciate that. I know some of that stuff is personal, so I appreciate you opening up the, I feel like the next step in your history then was this Instagram page that you started and created. I think you've got a company, you've got some merchandise out there. Um, what was the impetus for, for that project? Yeah, a buddy of mine and I, we started talking about the fact that a lot of law enforcement, especially where we were in, in, uh, the West half of Oregon was just not receiving the word. And even as recently as last summer, I talked to a guy at an event who's, who was surprised. I don't know if surprised is the right word. Maybe just kind of, uh, um, encouraged i guess that that i was actually wearing a shirt that said anything about god on it because he was in law enforcement too and he's like you know it's it's like a it's almost taboo or or you know you just don't talk about it like don't ask don't tell type of thing and and it's unfortunate because that's not how it should be you know believers are called to be bold in their witness and that doesn't mean that i have to go around wearing a jesus shirt all the time but it should mean that i'm set apart and that i'm different than everybody else and and you know i heard a preacher say one time that you don't have to evangelize everybody but what you should be doing is talking to everybody as if they're a believer like i i shouldn't have to hide who i am mm-hmm. and you know as much as the rest of the world wants to identify with something the thing that I am supposed to identify with and that I do identify with is eternal, you know? And so it's, it's different than just identifying with something worldly. Like, um, I, I don't identify as a cop. Okay. That's not who I am. Right. A lot of cops do, but that's, that's what I do. It's not who I am, but I am a Christian. Right. And so we realized that there really wasn't an avenue to, share with guys and we we tried doing a uh, a weekly devotional uh email mm-hmm. and that was all well and good but <clears throat> not really trackable not really able to see if if folks are actually into it right unless you unless you go up and ask them because you send out a mass email and nobody's going to respond right um and so what what we thought was well what does every law enforcement have in common well they spend quite a bit of time either in their car or at a desk because you do something that's like five minutes of, I mean, some of this job is fun, right? If I go and end up in a car chase, they generally don't last more than a few minutes. And then the paperwork lasts hours. So regardless of what I'm doing, if I'm out on patrol or if I'm a detective or whatever the case is, I'm going to be stagnant for a while. So we, we thought, well, maybe we should you know, try doing a podcast and like most podcasts, it started out pretty terrible. Uh, but that was back in 2018 and, and we made some investments and, uh, um, I got the idea that apparel might help support this thing. And I put honestly too much energy into apparel to where it took away from what, you know, the, really the goal was, which is to spread the word of God and give some encouragement to to uh well really anybody that'll listen and so we kind of backed off the apparel a little bit and just focused on the word and and it's it's been more fun that way um i still dig the apparel 
but I, I don't put much energy into it. And frankly, I put more, I spend more than I make. So yeah, I have that problem as, uh, as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I end up getting all the samples to make sure something looks good. And, you know, if there's a, somebody else that wants it, then that that's great. But most of the stuff has just been for me and my wife to wear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is that, obviously the most important thing is, is that the words you're getting out, you know, the, the apparel is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just look at it as a, another creative outlet, I guess. I think all the ideas that I have like this one, um, it makes sense for a shirt, especially like uh gym apparel. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I don't think that I'm being arrogant. I think it's like God inspired uh, these these ideas in my head, and I put them to to paper and and you know fabric and whatever mm-hmm. happens happens. Yeah, for sure. But I, yep. I traveled to Virginia uh, in March, and I wore this shirt in the airport, and I was pleasantly surprised at how many people said, "I love your shirt." You know, yeah, God wins. Um, just kind of changes my mind from thinking that we're all alone to there's there's a lot of us still out there that are are pursuing christ yeah yeah that's true it's funny especially man i don't i haven't been to a lot of other countries but uh i can i can say that it's just odd how afraid we are to speak about what we believe and even just asking other people what they believe like and i, I i'm pretty comfortable doing that now but Initially, it was it was kind of hard, but you know, you ask somebody, "Hey, what do you you know? What do you think happens when you die? What do you believe?" And 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 I've had people like, "Man, that's a that feels weird to talk about." Like, well, it shouldn't feel weird because it's just something that you believe. But for some reason, we, we try to snuff it out and we don't want to talk about it. And it's absolutely ridiculous. And now looking back, like I don't get it. I don't understand why this is so hard for people to talk about because. It is a massive part of who we are. It really shapes, regardless of what you believe. If you're an atheist, that shapes you, what you believe, and it shapes what you're going to do with your life, right? And as a, as a yeah. Christian, that sh- absolutely shapes everything that I do in my life. So it really should not be that hard to talk about. And so I I, I quit letting it be hard to talk about. So. <laughs> How and does you? Shirts help, right? Yeah, right. Did you just start asking people like at the grocery store or, or these personal conversations with uh, people you work with? You know, I, I, it, I approach it prayerfully. Okay. Uh, for example, there was, there have been a couple guys in the last uh, probably month or so that I didn't know where they stood. And I, I wanted to know because they, they know where I stand hundred percent because I'm not shy about it. I don't go and proselytize everybody. I know that there's a, a line you don't cross, especially being a government employee, right? But it doesn't mean that I uh that I veil everything, right? So no, generally it's it's prayerfully approached. And so like the most recent one, I was I just I prayed, Lord, I'd like to know what this guy believes. Can you create that opportunity? I didn't have to say a thing, man. He he opened the door himself. And so he started talking about it and asked me. And so of course the natural response. I share what I believe. And then what am I going to do? I'm going to ask him the same thing. So, um, in fact, as, uh, 
Well, back in, in 2020, I was trying to help start a, uh, a chaplaincy corps for uh, some law enforcement. And because I could see the stuff that they were going through, you know, um, at one point, I don't remember if it was 19 or 20, but the, the officer's suicide rate was higher than the line of duty death rate. So um, anyway, I, I thought, you know, a natural way to help would be through chaplaincy. And so I, I got to help write that policy. And as part of the policy, it says that, and it, it's, it's worded in such a way where the chaplain is not allowed to proselytize. However, if someone asks them, and I can't remember the verbiage exactly, but basically if someone initiates that conversation with them, then they can respond. Okay. So I think that's a, a safe way to go about it, but that doesn't mean that that you have to wait for somebody to ask you either. So right. Well, that sounds like an example of um, being as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. You're, you're a government employee, so you have to get that verbiage in there, the the legalese, and uh, mm-hmm. and hopefully that opens it up to in the future be able to have those conversations safely. Yeah, and the, you know that's the beauty of going through different trials. Um, and I, I've been through a lot. In fact, last summer I had a gal, uh, she committed suicide in front of me. She jumped off the bridge right before I could get to her. And um, a buddy of mine, his wife said, well, of course it was Adam. Cause I just know that like that certain of us have this reputation. Like uh, we, we deal with the trials of life, you know, the, the tough calls and stuff like that. And, and I told him, you know, I, I think the reason that I get these calls is because not because God thinks that I can handle them because I can't. It's because he knows that I'm going to turn to him when the times get tough. And so, you know, you have this living testimony and people are watching. If they know what you stand for, they're going to be watching you. So it's a big deal. It is a big deal. I'm just thinking in my head, you've uh, you've been through some trials, as you put it. Um, how do you keep the faith? with all that's going on in your, your day-to-day life is what it sounds like. Oh, God's good, man. You know, he, he always meets you where you are. He, the thing, the thing about it is if, if I go and look for comfort from somebody else, God's going to let me try and get that comfort from somebody else. Right. But if I, if I go to him first, then he's going to make sure that, that I'm comforted, right. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And man, this world is temporary. For those of us who believe this is the worst it's ever going to get, you know, but for those who don't, this is the best it'll ever get. So I, I just know what's coming. I know, I know how the story ends. So that doesn't mean I like anybody else. That doesn't mean I don't struggle. You know, I, there's days when I, I feel like joy is totally gone for me. You know, the anxiety and stuff like that, it's still very real, obviously, because if if Satan knows that you're going to be impacting people for his enemy, then he's going to come at you. But that's to be expected, you know? So, but like I said, I know how the story is. So, yeah, I think I just saw for the first time the C.S. Lewis quote, um, when I die, I hope that hell is happy that I'm out of the fight. I think I'm paraphrasing it. 
semi-correctly, but we have to be such followers of Christ and, and living out, uh, living biblically in a way that's observable by others and maybe not proselytizing, like, like you said, but living in such a way that when we do pass on, when it gets good, um, then hell is, is happy that we're, we're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was some Catholic that said, you know, uh, spread the gospel. And if absolutely necessary, use words. I don't remember who that was. I think it was a Catholic from long ago. Um, and I understand it. I don't hundred percent agree with it, but I do understand it. You know, walk out your faith, just like James said, I'll show you my faith by works, by my works. So was a Catholic. Yeah. St. Francis. There you go. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. I was doing a, a Bible study last year. Um, it's by Alistair Begg. I don't know if that's familiar to you. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love his stuff. But it was the first that I'd ever been exposed to him. And it was a, a Brave by Faith was the book that we went through. And it's a mostly a discussion on Daniel and how he lived out his faith and had trials because of his faith. So like he he was praying every day and those that wanted to get rid of him, they made a law where you couldn't pray to anyone. Um, you couldn't pray to God, but he just stuck with what he was doing. They knew to target him because he was living a godly life, um, but he continued despite what he was facing. Um, so that kind of inspired me to start the podcast and everything last year. Um, and I've been trying to absorb as much Alistair Begg ever since. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant for sure. Um, and his accent isn't bad to listen to. It puts me to sleep, though. So. <laughs> A little bit. Do you get much uh, listening while you're on the job? Are you consuming anything podcast-wise during the day? Yeah, I, I do. I get a lot of – that's one of the nice things about um, my job right now is – I moved to a more rural area and so my call load isn't as high and I went back to patrol. So that's, uh, that's, I get more interaction with, you know, the everyday citizens, which is nice, but yeah, I do. I get an opportunity to listen to quite a bit right now. I'm, I just started. So I just finished actually, uh, on audible, they compiled what appears to be a ton of, um, Chuck Missler's teachings, and so I listened to his teachings through Daniel, which was something like 15 hours. And then I just started his teachings in Revelation. I think that's something like 25 hours. So, I mean, that'll that'll be a, a good chunk to listen to, plus travel for training and stuff like that. It gives me an opportunity to listen to a lot of that stuff. Um, I, I do listen to some other. Um, I try to listen to Eddie Penny when I can. I interviewed him at one point, and, that, and he's wow. just – cool cool guy uh let's see cooper stuff on occasion with john cooper um of course the sean ryan show i he, he's just got the most interesting guests i can't believe it and then have you been seeing his most recent posts they're blowing me away it's no i haven't so you know the sean ryan show i'm vaguely familiar but i haven't consumed it myself okay so he's he's got a an extremely popular podcast and i live he, under a rock what can i say <laughs> no it's it's but it's 
you'd like it being a veteran because he interviews guys like um obviously eddie penny he had eddie penny on there he had uh oh man what is dj oh man anyway can't think of it right off the top of my head the gbrs group you heard of those guys i think so anyway former former dev crew guys and so he interviews the elite folks and he gets a lot of well one of his most recent ones was a cia uh retired cia operative and anyway this stuff is just extremely interesting but he uh and he's former cia himself and a former seal but anyway his most recent stuff is is he's coming to faith himself so it's just been really fun to watch but awesome um, yeah I'm, i'm looking at it right now i'm gonna consume i'm gonna listen to some of these i see uh, yeah, these are pretty long, so be ready to. I see Yonmi Park is on here recently. Um, yeah, it's just horrible to listen to some of the stuff that she's had to go through. Yeah, I I think I listened to her on Joe Rogan. I'm not a usual Joe Rogan guy, but I listened to that one. Yeah, Joe Joe has good episodes and bad episodes. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> some of them are it just it's too much for me. Yeah, and then when I need a a good intellectual fix, I I listen to Jordan Peterson, but sure. Or what's the other guy, Doctor? Yeah. Anyway, the uh, I'm just gonna go back. You said you're listening to Chuck Missler go through Revelation. Have you yeah. gotten to um, 19 and 20 yet? No, I just started that one. So he's I'm just starting into chapter two. Um. But one of my go-to series for Revelation has been John Corson. So, John Corson. Okay. Well, I was uh, a good series from years ago. The uh, thing I was going to ask you, and, and to anybody who's listening, is uh, where you fell on the premillennialism, postmillennialism, and chapter nineteen and twenty is right where that split starts. So I was going to put you on the hot seat for a second. Deal. I like talking about this. I am. I am uh uh pre-trib rapture. I am premillennial. So I kind of that's kind of the usual, I guess, Calvary Chapel type. Okay. But um everything about Christ's first coming was literal. I don't see how everything about Christ's second coming can be symbolic, you know. So and the thousand year reign, I don't know how we can say that's symbolic when it's gonna be a seven year literal seven year tribulation. And anyway, uh I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah. No. So I think a lot of people will be interested to learn that you are pre-trib, premillennialism. Um, that's a definitely a fun conversation. I read uh I read three views of the millennium. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that work, but um it was clarifying in some ways and just more confusing and others so i haven't decided where i land and all that um but i'll keep you updated nice uh yeah there's some really really smart people in some really different you know some very different views of this so it's no wonder that you know if if you're an outsider looking in and you're seeing all this squabbling over all this stuff i could see how that might be a kind of a i don't know put off but 
at the same time, you know, Titus 2.13 said that we we're looking for the blessed hope, right? The re return of Christ. And and so this is important to me. If if I'm looking for the blessed hope, I'm not looking for the Antichrist. You know, and so that's part of where my hope comes from is, is my belief that Christ is coming back for me. And Chuck Missler would say, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. Come to your own decisions. But I would encourage the listener, check out a, a film called, um, uh, I don't know, I have to look it up. Uh, I was not prepared for this, obviously. <laughs> That's okay. I, I threw a curveball at you. Let's see here. Purchases. Before the wrath. Sorry about that. Before the wrath. All good. You can edit out the silence. <laughs> anyway, yeah, film called Before the Wrath. It's on Amazon. It's a it's a good film, and it it comes from some pretty smart teachers, right? There's Amir Sarfati's on there. There's Jack Hibbs. JD Farag, these these guys are all pre-trib guys. And not all of them started out that way. Like Jack Hibbs is very open about the fact that he started out being a post-tribber. And but they all believe that there is a rapture. And yeah, you know what? You'd be right if you said the Bible doesn't say that there's a rapture. It doesn't say rapture. You'd be right. It says catching away, taking away. It's in Second Thessalonians. But the Greek word in there is harpazo, which is translated into the Latin raptus or rapture. So that's where we get it from. But I do believe in a rapture. I think there's some uh, some biblical uh, symbolism. I was going to say symbology. That's something totally different. I think they're both real words. They are both real words. But symbology is the study of symbols. So Got it's it. not the study of symbols uh anyway there's some biblical typology some symbolism especially like if we if we go back to shadrach meshach and abednego right these three guys they're jewish the tribulation period is jewish daniel calls it the 70th week you know daniel's 70th week daniel's a jew i think jeremiah is one that calls it the time of jacob's trouble and you have these three Jews that go through the fire, which is seven times hotter, okay? The seven-year tribulation, and in the midst of that, the midst, like the three-and-a-half-year mark, where they'll be saved out of Israel into the land of Petra. In the midpoint, Jesus shows up in the fire. He doesn't take them out of the fire. He's with them in the fire. And where is Daniel in all this? nowhere to be found he was taken away somewhere else mm. probably on business or if we want to talk about noah noah goes through the flood he's protected in the midst of it but he goes through the flood who was taken out of there before noah enoch he was raptured out of there before the flood so there's there's a lot of i i believe god takes symbolism very seriously and more than that, Jesus talked with his disciples at the Last Supper. He said, drink of this cup. This is my body. And he says something very interesting. He says, 
I will not drink it again until I drink it with you in my kingdom. Hmm. I will not partake of the vine until I drink it with you in my kingdom. And that was a betrothal. They would have known there in the Galilean, Galilean tradition, this was a betrothal. When you when the, a man and woman became betrothed, they would drink from the same cup. And then they wouldn't drink together again until the wedding ceremony, the feast. And how long was that feast? Seven days. So, oh, and not only that, but he says, nobody knows the day or the hour, not even the sun, but only my father in heaven. In the Galilean tradition, the son would come back, build onto his father's house, and he would not be allowed to go and get his bride until the father said, go. Mm. So he didn't know when dad would say, go get your bride. So I, I think there's a lot of a lot of hints in there from, from Jesus himself about, about what he's talking about as far as the rapture goes. So that's that's part of the reason that, that that's where I stand. And not only that, but Revelation 3.10, Jesus said, pray that you'll be, you know, kind of worthy to escape these the coming tribulation, the coming trials. Why would he say that? Why would he say that unless it actually meant something? So that's kind of why I stand there. I like it. I appreciate the quick study. I, uh, I have some notes here, some things to go read for myself. Like you said, go study. Yeah. But, uh, the, the next segment of the show, if you, if you will, um, might be a new thing moving forward, but I just wanted to ask you here tonight, what is on your heart? What do you think you need to share with a potential listener? Um, what's God speaking to you right now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we talked a lot in this about being bold, and I think that especially in today's day and age, you need to be bold in your faith because we're we're inching, and not only I mean we are moving pretty rapidly now as we draw toward these crazy end times. I mean, look around you. If you think that we're not headed into end times, you, you got your head under a rock or something. I mean, look at the AI the you know, digital currency, um, the the tracking of your, um, you know, your your health emissions, history. yeah, your emission, yeah. I mean, a cow can't fart without getting in trouble, right? So, I mean, and all this is headed toward ultimate control. And what does the Bible say about the Antichrist? Is that he wants ultimate control? Look at Revelation thirteen, talking about the mark of the beast. You won't be able to buy or sell without it. 50 years ago, nobody knew how in the world could that happen. Now we know if everything is digital, they have control of everything. Mm -hmm. Why do you think they don't want you to have a gas stove anymore? They can't control it, whether it's shut off or turned on right. <laughs> so, or an electric car. It wasn't that long ago. I don't know, six months ago or something like that at work, we were looking for somebody and the manufacturer, the vehicle manufacturer was able to tell us where the car was whether it was accelerating, decelerating, whether it was on the brakes, whether the doors were open or closed. Tell me tell me, this isn't headed into a not-so-good direction. I mean, take a look at China and how much control there is over them. Mm -hmm. So this is a time that we have to be bold in our faith. And, and I would ask this, if, if being a Christian suddenly became illegal, which it, which it could, would there be enough evidence to convict you? You know, would there be enough witnesses to say 
that guy's a Christian or that gal's a Christian. And if you're trying to live out a Christian, a closet Christianity, that's a scary place to be because Jesus said, whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my father in heaven. So I don't want to be on that side of it. I want, I want whenever that law gets signed in that everybody's going to say that guy's a Christian, burn him at the stake. I'll say nothing better to die for. Let's go. So. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I appreciate that. No worries, man. If the if it becomes illegal to be a Christian, I hope the FBI is at my door the next day. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I still believe in the Second Amendment, so good luck. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody else might raise raise their children, I guess. But yeah. Who knows? Um, well, I appreciate the time tonight, Adam, and, and getting to know you. Hopefully there's more episodes in the future or, or we can meet up in person like we were talking about earlier. Um, for the last three things that I'll ask you is um, – how are you going to strengthen your relationships? How are you going to strengthen your body? And uh, how are you getting into the word? I think you've already answered that last one. But as we head into the weekend, what are you going to do for for your workouts? And, and how are you going to get to know or strengthen your relationships with those around you? Uh, those around me, man, it's tough in law enforcement, probably kind of like military, because there's a lot of extracurriculars that I would love to do. They would be a blast, man. Uh, doing doing the SWAT thing and the explosive breaching and that kind of stuff was probably the funnest time I've ever had in my career, but loved ones, you know, they say kids spell love T I M E. It's the same for anybody, you know, any of your loved ones, if you're not going to put the time and effort into your relationship, just like the military law enforcement, when you leave a special assignment or something, they say, see ya. And then as soon as you're out the door, they're pilfering through your equipment to see what they can get out of it. Right. So you're going to be replaced real quick. But if you don't put the time into being a dad and a husband, you're not replaceable. Mm -hmm. And it's going to affect those, you know, your loved ones forever if you're not putting the time and effort into that. So time is what I got to give to mine. And finding that balance to where I'm not incredibly bored at work, but I'm not, you know, making work my identity either. Sure. As far as physical, um, over the years, I've I've done a, a fairly decent job of, of staying in shape. Um, you know, when I had the extracurriculars, there was a, an expectation, you know, a PT test that we had to exceed at. Now, I don't have that anymore, but. I don't want to be a slob. Sure. I hate it when, when folks look like a slob in uniform. And even if I'm not in uniform, I want to be able to outperform my kids as long as I possibly can. So, um, yeah, I, I love lifting weights. I hate cardio, but I do some of it anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my thing. I just, I like to lift heavy things. I think it's in my, in my genes, but, and then the last one, yeah, man, I, I make it a point to, you know, I get up two hours before work every morning. I'm generally up at four to get into the word. Mm. And uh, plus I like a hot breakfast. So I give myself time for that too. But I figure, you know, if, if Christ got away and got into 
and he got into the word, you know, when he was tempted, he quoted Deuteronomy, you know, three times. So if, if Christ needs to do that, I need to do it all the more. So, um, and it, and it makes a difference. If I don't get that first thing in the morning, it affects my whole day. So. I love it. I appreciate your candor there getting through everything. If, uh, if you could do a 405 deadlift tomorrow and think of me, I'd appreciate it. 405. Okay, fine. See I only I say that I can't. I think that that's probably my my one rep max from like 10 years ago. I, I can't do it anymore. But I bet you could. I don't know. I don't know. that. I haven't tried 405 in a while. I, I'm getting older. So <laughs> <laughs> adjusting the weight to rep ratio. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the time tonight, Adam, and uh, I hope everybody takes uh, your testimony and, and everything you said today to heart, um, especially about being bold and, and living out our faith should the worst uh, come to pass in this country. Um, and I hope that everybody likes what you're what you're saying and goes over and listens to the show and checks out the Instagram page. You've got daily stuff going up verse of the day, um, which I know brightens my day. So I hope people go look for you. Yeah, no, I appreciate the opportunity. It's been fun. I just, this is fun to talk about. So I dig it. Yeah, we'll have to do part two sometime. Sure. All right. Thanks, Adam. No worries. And with that, the latest episode of The Save Show comes to a close. I want to thank Adam again for his time. Definitely learned a lot from him. Uh, The best thing that I think he said was to be bold in your faith if Christianity becomes illegal. uh, Hopefully that next day you're one of the ones being arrested. Um, So... Just a, a great conversation with a great guy. Go check out his page. Check out his store page. Uh, reminder that the saved.store collection swap is about to happen. So next week we'll go from the current lineup. I'll keep some favorites. Um, and then we'll get the new summer collection out there with some new tees. Um, my first ever uh, woman's, I think it's a, a V-neck. Um, and it looks looks pretty good. Um, I even made a toddler shirt, a new hat some tank tops, uh, just a bunch of fun stuff for summer. If that interests you, it'll be out there. I'll make sure everybody's made aware. But, uh, yeah, things are going good. I hope you enjoyed the show. I love you. God loves you. He's blessed us all. And don't forget, you are saved through Christ.